from last week. It uh, was a report from CNN about the possibility of Iran and Israel going to war almost immediately. If you are a student of the scripture, then you know that this is in fact one of the things prophesied about in the book of Ezekiel, which we're going to get into in just a few moments. Last week I preached a sermon about the end times, and it was what we call a one-off. In other words, it was not meant to be part of a series. We were going to start a new series this morning, and uh, I felt the Spirit of God just prompting me to do otherwise. I felt that we needed to go on this subject to prophecy because of the signs that are unfolding before us, uh, right, right out of the book of Ezekiel, right out of Daniel, Revelation. And so last week, today, next week, we're going to be talking about end times. And I really want to encourage you, if, uh, if you can, invite somebody out to find out more about what's happening in these last days. But I think that we can all agree that, that something is beginning to happen in this world that most of us don't understand and the most of the leaders of the world can't get their mind around. But I can tell you this, the Bible has, has clearly, clearly outlined for us what is to come. This, this video clip that you just saw from CNN is one of several that I could have shown you today of things that have happened just this past week that are related to the scriptures. You, you heard about the earthquake in Turkey. How, how many have heard about that? Uh, again, uh, Jesus said in the last days there will be earthquakes. And in fact, you know that Turkey has just, just experienced a, 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 it's a major earthquake activity uh, not that long ago, and yet it's happening again. Um, we're closer than you think, far closer. And I can tell you in 30 years of preaching, uh, particularly when it comes to prophecy, the main thing that I would declare was just make sure that you're ready. But now I'm seeing signs unfold that I've never seen before. And last week we said that the last great sign that we're waiting for uh, is the sign or the revelation or the reveal of the Antichrist. Well, this morning, um, I want to talk about the things that will lead up to the revelation of the Antichrist. And I believe that, I believe the time is very close. This is, uh, I want to read to you something I, I found in a news report that came out just two days ago. I'm going to sit because I've got a, a number of things I need to read to you. This report says this, speculation over a potential Israeli attack on Iran has circulated via media reports and government agencies and was heightened following the release of an IAEA report this week that portrayed Iran as a major nuclear threat. According to United Nations or United Kingdom foreign official, an attack on Iran by Israel, listen to this, could take place as early as next month. This is hot off the press. This came out just two days ago. They're saying it could happen as early as next month. A senior foreign office figure told the Daily Mail newspaper, we're expecting something as early as Christmas, this Christmas, or very early in the new year, adding that Israel will attack Iran's nuclear sites sooner rather than later. Folks, this is not something that just is just starting to happen. This is something that 
Israel has been preparing for. They began preparing for an attack on, on Iran back in 2009. And I challenge every one of you to go get out your computer or go to the library, wherever you get your information, and research it yourself. You'll see it all, all for yourself. Prime Minister Netanyahu, Prime Minister of, of Israel, this is what he says about the unrest spreading across the Middle East right now. He says this, he says, quote, this is a period of turmoil that is historic. Did you hear that? This is a period of turmoil that is historic, akin to the great revolutions that took place in just in the last hundred years. It's a major, major revolution. And, and we call it the Arab Spring. How many have heard that term? Uh, folks, if you're not watching the news right now, you need to get your Bible out in one hand and watch the news on the other because you're going to see everything just start unfolding right before your eyes. It's absolutely stunning to me. Absolutely stunning. I've been studying the scripture now for, uh, well, let's put it this way, uh, at least 35 or more years. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a student of the scripture. And I'm telling you, folks, it's unfolding right before our eyes. Netanyahu went on to say this. He quickly cautioned the world to watch very closely as Arab leaders are deposed and then replaced by new leaders. And here's his problem, or here's his, here's his fear or concern. He was concerned about the direct neighbors of the Jewish state being Egypt, Jordan, and Syria. He's concerned that this leadership vacuum that is taking place right now in the Middle East puts Israel in severe risk. And in fact, I don't know whether Netanyahu has actually studied the scriptures as, as I have or as others have, but he's absolutely right to be concerned about what's going on right now. Now, before I go any further, I just want to say this. Uh, I don't want to make anybody afraid this morning. I'm not here to, to make you fearful or to scare the daylights out of you. I'm not doing that, okay? So just sort of like look at the person beside you and smile and get them calmed down, okay? Everybody's calmed down? Okay. Okay, I'm here to report to you, because my job, remember, as a pastor or a prophet, because this is another term for pastor, is to interpret the times, interpret for you what's happening in the world right now. So I'm just telling you what the Bible says as it relates to what's happening in the world right now. Okay, got that? Get it? Okay, so no one's afraid? You, actually, you might have to be, and I'll tell you why in a moment. In Israel, the Israeli Prime Minister warned world leaders that the Islamist element involved in this unrest of all the Arab worlds could very quickly position themselves to take political control of the Middle East, which would bring, obviously, bring harm on the Jewish state. Now, I don't want anybody to go away from here this morning saying, Pastor Allen is against Arabs. I'm not, because guess what? Arabs need Jesus as much as Jewish people need Jesus, as much as everybody else needs Jesus. Amen? That's right, we all need Jesus. But the fact of the matter is, is that events are going to unfold before us as prophesied in the scripture. And so what we need to do is we need to find clarity. We need to find understanding to what it is exactly that's happening. And so this is what the Apostle Paul says to the Thessalonians, because uh, this is what he found. Paul found 
back almost 2,000 years ago, that people were coming along trying to scare believers with false information. And the Apostle Paul wanted to make it clear how to know, how to really know when Jesus is about to come. So 2 Thessalonians 2, 1, and in verses 3 to 4 says this. He says, Brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how, he will be ga- uh, how we will be gathered to meet him. Somebody asked me if I'd be speaking about the rapture. Uh, uh, if you want to know about the rapture, I invite you to be here next week because you're going to hear about it. Paul goes on to say this, don't be fooled by what they say. That is, these false teachers, these false prophets. Paul goes on to say this, for that day, the day of Christ's return, will not come until there is, ready for this? This is what I'm talking about this morning. Until there is a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed. Who's the man of lawlessness? Does anybody know? The Antichrist. That's correct, Matthew. It's the Antichrist. And so here's what Paul is saying. He'll say, he said, he said, when there's a spirit of lawlessness on the land, take note, because that is preparation for the man of lawlessness or the Antichrist to be revealed. And I said last week, just as a point of reference, I said last week that, that that's really the, the, the last great sign that we're waiting for, is for the Antichrist to be revealed, and that will signal the end. That will signal the the time just before Jesus returns. Now here's what Paul goes on to say. He says in verse 4 that the Antichrist will exalt himself and defy everything that people call good and every object of worship. He will even sit in the temple of God claiming that he himself is God. Jesus and the prophet Daniel called this the abomination that causes desolation. You've heard of this. He will actually set up an image of himself in the temple of Israel. And that is how Israel will know that they have been duped. They have been tricked. Now, here's the thing. With, with what's happening right now in the Middle East, the whole world is looking on and saying, is there anybody that can sort this mess out? Because since 1948, Israel has been at war with all of its neighbors, and all the neighbors have been at war with Israel. And there's been no president No prime minister, no king, no queen that's been able to sort the Middle East out. Has anybody, is everybody up to speed on that at least? Everybody knows that. How many remember President Carter tried to bring peace to the Middle East? Everybody remember that? Okay, so, you know, know, it was good for a short time, but not for a long time. Nobody's been able to sort that out. And so here's what's going to make the Antichrist look so attractive, both to the Jewish people and to everybody else, is that he will actually be able to bring peace for a short time. Until Israel's eyes are open when that, on that day that the Antichrist sets up an image of himself in the temple. And of course, as you remember, I said last week that the Antichrist is in fact, according to Scripture, is somebody who is actually possessed by, full of, Satan himself. Now, here's, here's what we need to do. We need to look at Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, and I would, I would advise you to, to, to take a look at that. Open your Bible this, this week. Open your Bible after the service this afternoon and, and read, read it at home and, uh, and be amazed at what you read. I would recommend that you go online and listen to the message again with a pen and a paper and take these notes down because it's all there, people. The Bible tells us in Ezekiel 38 and 39 that Russia 
called Gog or Magog, and Iran called Persia. And you may have noticed that in, in one of the scripture references in the short video clip that followed the CNN clip. Turkey and their allies, Libya and Sudan, will actually attack and invade Israel. This is what the Bible says. They will attack, they will invade Israel. And here's the thing, folks. We already know, unless, unless you're living under a rock, you've heard me say that before, unless you're living under a rock, you know that Iran's greatest ally is Russia. Russia comes to uh, the aid of Iran all the time. When anybody you know, threatens an attack on Iran, Russia stands up and says, oh, wait, wait a minute, we can't have that happening. Why is that? Because of the great economic economic partnership that these countries have. Iran takes care of, of Russia's uh, oil needs, provides financing, resources, and Russia in turn offers their military might and clout. So we recognize that. In Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 7, the Bible says this to Russia. It's a warning to Russia, because Russia is Gog and Magog. And I'm not going to get into the details of that today, but you, little bit, you do a little bit of research and you'll discover that that is absolutely correct. Now, here's, here's what it says in Ezekiel 38, verse 7. It says, prepare yourself, Russia or Magog, prepare yourself and be ready, you, Russia, and all your companies or allies. And who are the allies? Who's Russia's allies? Iran, Turkey, Sudan, Libya. And all your companies that are gathered about you, and listen to this, and it says, and be a guard for them. Okay, so here's what you need to understand today. First of all, them refers to Iran, Turkey, etc. But a guard is, is a protection. It's somebody who protects or defends or blocks threats of international sanctions. And Israel has, or, uh, Russia has already done that for Iran. They've already spoken up on Iran's behalf. They provided weapons, technology, intelligence, command and control. And all the while they stay quietly hidden in the background until the right time. And when Iran attacks, Russia will step up. This is what the Bible says. Now, I'm not making this stuff up. This is what the Bible says. And this is what's happening around us right now as I speak. Two months ago, or 67 days ago to be exact, tense relations between Turkey and Israel snapped. After the United Nations report essentially exonerated Israel for last year's deadly assault on a Turkish vessel. Some of you may remember that. Last year, Turkey was, was going in to, uh, to Israel to provide uh, assistance and relief to the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. And you know what happened. There was a number... Uh, of Turkish sailors and soldiers that died in an attack. After that attack, it went before the United Nations, and surprising, not surprisingly, the United Nations reported uh, that Israel was innocent. It wasn't Israel's fault. Turkey, extremely upset, extremely angry with that ruling, has now begun to threaten Israel. Now, you understand something. Israel and Turkey were, were allies up until just recently. 
Turkey had, a, had an ambassador from Israel, who's, by the way, now uh, been expelled from the country. Turkey now has turned against Israel. And the question that the, that the journalist asks is this, is there any way to keep the dispute from spiraling, spiraling out of control? Well, if you ask me, which he's not, but if you ask me, According to the scripture, no, there is no way to keep it from spiraling, spiraling out of control. The Turkish prime minister right now is threatening to, us, to escalate the conflict in the Middle East by visiting the Hamas-controlled part of the Gaza Strip. Now, again, if you're following what's happening in the news, you know that, that the Palestinian Authority is trying to rule the Gaza Strip, but there is opposition to them from Hamas. And the Turkish prime minister now is trying to go in and stir things up, trying to, trying to get them to attack Israel and to start the war. This, folks, is right out of the Bible, Ezekiel chapter 38. Now here's what we learn. In Ezekiel 38 and 39, the Bible warns that there is a coming war between Iran and Israel. And... Uh, and Iran, by the way, is another, another name for Iran, is Persia. And um, this, this attack, the Bible is clear about, is, is an attack that will happen sometime after the establishment of Israel as a nation. Now, we all know that Israel was established as a nation May 14, 1948. And I can tell you that at no time before Israel became a nation or since did did Iran ever attack Israel? It has not happened yet. And so we know that this is something that we're waiting to have happen. Now, some of you who are Bible or, uh, history buffs, you'll know that, in fact, Persia did attack Israel in 614 AD, but it wasn't an attack on Israel. It was an attack on Israel that was being occupied by the Byzantine Empire. And so Persia moved in to liberate Israel. And so that, that's really the only time that Persia has ever come against Israel. And it wasn't against Israel. It was a, it's against the Byzantine Empire occupied Israel. You get that? So what I'm, I'm setting this all up to say this. Persia has never attacked, or, or Iran has never attacked Israel before. This is something absolutely brand new. And the Bible says that this will happen in these last days. We are seeing it unfold, people, right before our eyes. You saw this clip that came from CNN just this last week. It's just hot off the press. It's unfolding right before our eyes. Now, the Bible warns, and this might come as a shock to you, but the Bible warns that the U.S. will not... I repeat, the U.S. will not help Israel during this skirmish. The Bible says that Israel is going to stand alone on this one. They're going to stand alone against, against Persia, backed by Russia and Turkey and their allies. And we don't know why that is. Or we haven't known why that is. Why would Israel's greatest and best friend, the United States of America, why would they not come to Israel's aid? Well, again, unless you've been living under a rock, you know 
that right now, and this is, this is what I'm surmising, we don't know because the Bible doesn't say, but I think that we can take a safe guess. If you'd asked me last year, I would scratch my, my head and say, I have no idea. Or if you asked me two years ago. But since then, we all know that the United States of America is on the verge of bankruptcy. How many people know that today? This is, not, this is, this is fairly well known. And we know who's holding the United States debt. That's it, China, much of, much of Asia. Now, here's the thing. What if Israel needs the United States? The United States, we're coming to help, and China says, no, you're not. You, you come to war, and we're calling, we're calling the loan. You're, you'll be bankrupt. Folks, you understand that the United States right now has lost a great deal of power. Oh, they've got military might like Russia, but they're in trouble. And they can't just do whatever they want these days. So I'm guessing, I, I, don't quote me on this as, as, a, you know, as, a, as a fact, because I'm guessing that the reason why America does not come to the aid of Israel during this time is because of their money problems. They've just, they're, they're finishing up Iraq right now, Afghanistan. I mean, they're stretched, stretched to the limit. And... Uh, and we really doubt whether or not they could handle another Middle Eastern war. And so this is what we're thinking. Now, we do know this. The USA does not come to Israel's aid. Now, the Bible warns that God will ultimately destroy Turkey and Russia and all these armies that have invaded Israel. That will happen. God will destroy them. And how many know today that God... Or Israel plus God is a majority. How many know that today? Yeah. And how many know today that you plus God are a majority? How many know that? We don't need the aid of anything or anyone else. When we got Jesus, that's all we need. Amen? Amen? Yeah, good, good. Just want to make sure we're on the same page on this. Because here's the thing. Once, once Israel experiences this devastating war, and it will be devastating for Israel. But folks, it's not going to be just devastating for Israel. It will be devastating for the whole world. And it's at this point now that some Bible scholars wonder if this is the beginning of the Battle of Armageddon. There's some debate about that. Uh, I'm, I'm convinced that, in fact, it's not the beginning of the Battle of Armageddon, but rather it is the beginning of the Antichrist's reign. It will be after this battle that the whole world is going to sit back and say, can anybody rescue us from the chaos and devastation and destruction in this world today? Can anybody do this? And there will be someone called the Antichrist who will step up and say, I can do it. This war that will take place against Israel will be a preparation for the coming of the Antichrist. And here's, here's the thing. You know that right now there is no way on earth that the world would come together behind one world leader. We need some kind of a devastation to take place in the world. And I believe that this is the devastation that will cause the world to embrace the Antichrist. So is everybody following my thread here this morning? You see where we're going. We are close to the end. To have Iran threaten Israel, folks, is right out of the book of Ezekiel. And it's been unheard of, it's never been done, it's never been seen before, but it's happening now. I believe that, that this war with Israel will set up the world 
to embrace an antichrist, a world leader. Now, can I just say this? When we say the antichrist, everybody automatically thinks, you know, horns, pitchfork, tail, red skin, fangs. No, it's going to be, you'll be a very attractive, charismatic leader that everybody will immediately fall behind and love and adore, including Israel. I mean, can you imagine the Arab and Muslim world and the Jews and the rest of the world falling behind one leader that they all, all recognize as being a great man? Folks, only, only a fulfillment of prophecy could see something like this happen. Now, here's, here's what I've got to tell you this morning. And, and I apologize if I'm offending anybody or hurting anybody's feelings, but I've got to tell you this. All the people of the world who have not made their peace with God should be sitting right now with white knuckles watching these prophecies unfold. But the fact of the matter is, is that most of us here today do not know what's going on in the world. We're happy in our own little worlds, playing our video games, watching our movies. Hello, are you with me on this? No idea what's happening in the world and just blissfully playing your video games. You're going to have a... a you're going to have a, a, a nuclear bomb go off in your backyard, and you'll just think it's part of Call of Duty, right? <laughs> what? What? What a great game. Sound effects are amazing. And there we are, fiddling while the world burns. My friends, if you don't know Christ and if you haven't made your peace with God, you should be sitting there with white knuckles right now. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, yeah, that's why I, maybe if you're visiting today, you think, I knew that's what church is about. The pastor just wants to scare the hell out of everybody. I don't want to scare anybody this morning, but what I do want to do is I want you to understand that God has had an eternal plan that he's known about from the foundations of this world. And the Bible is clear that God loves us all. In fact, this is what Jesus says about his Father in heaven, our Father, our God. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You need to know today that it's not God's will that anybody perish. This is why the Bible takes such pains. This is why God takes such pains to tell us what the signs are so that we will know, so that we will be ready for his return. But I've got to tell you today, if you don't know Christ, then you need to, you need to make that step towards Jesus and understand that Jesus loves you and has given his life for you to take away your sin so that you could have peace with God and that you would be made ready for heaven. Many of us have done that today. And we know the joy, we know the thrill of having our sins washed away and having that freedom to come free to God, knowing that God will hear us and love us, embrace us, answer our prayers. We, so many of us know the joy of having the confidence of eternal life. That's the good news of the gospel. That's the good news of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. But there are some here today 
who would say, Pastor, I did at one time give my heart to Jesus, but right now things aren't what they should be. Well, I especially want to address you today if your life is not what it needs to be right now. And you know what? I'm not sitting here in judgment or condemnation of anybody because the fact of the matter is, is that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. Because right now your stomach is turning a little bit. You feel maybe short of breath a little bit, and you feel like what's, you know, like what's going on. Can I just tell you what that is, that feeling that you're experiencing? That is the work of the Holy Spirit in you. The Spirit of God is upon you right now, and he's trying to open your eyes so that you can see the truth, so that you could accept him as your Lord and as your Savior. If you are not following God with all your heart, then you need to know what Jesus says in the book of Revelation, which is, in fact, the book about the end times. Jesus, before he unveils the last day's plan, he he gives a warning to the churches. He gives a warning to all of us believers. And here's what Jesus says. He says, it's not, a good, it's not enough to be an almost Christian. You know what an almost Christian is? You're, just kind of, you're kind of lukewarm, you know? You're not against Christianity. In fact, you go to church, you sing the hymns, you even throw a few bucks on the offering plate once in a while. And so you're kind of like, you're, you're with us, but, but not 100%. Here's what Jesus calls you. He calls you a lukewarm believer. And if you know what it says in Revelation, the Bible says this. He will spew you or spit you out of his mouth. He wants, he wants your heart 100%. You can say, well, Pastor, what you? Like, that sounds kind of extreme. Is it? Who of us here with a husband or wife would want our husband or wife to be given even 1% to another person? There's nobody here today that would go for that. If Gloria said to me, Alan, I want you to know I love you 99%, uh, <laughs> I'd say, well, who, does the other, who gets the other 1%? That's what I want to know. And guess what? I'm not okay with that. It's all or nothing, baby. And God's saying exactly the same thing. It's all or nothing, baby. If you're lukewarm, if you're not with him 100%, then he does not have your heart. And he tells me that you're not ready. You're not ready for his return. In Matthew chapter 7, 21 to 23, listen... And, and those of you who are in the faith life class, and I would, I would really, I got to tell you, in my 30 years of ministry, I've never had uh, a Bible study so, so neatly positioned um, in the life of the church and in what's happening in the world today. If you haven't come to the faith life class, we've got two more to go, and I strongly urge you to get there. But I told the people in the faith life class, I want you to read the Sermon on the Mount. Here's the closing words of that Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says this, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Did you hear that? Not everyone who says, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I go to church. I'm in the play. I'm an an usher. I, I play in the band. That's not good enough. Jesus says, on judgment day, this is what we're talking about, we're talking about judgment day. On judgment day, Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. And Jesus is going to say what? I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law. 
Folks, we're talking not about religion now. We're talking about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And Jesus is calling you back into 100% communion with him because he loves you and he will not share you with anything or anyone else. Why does Jesus warn us of this? Well, because in verse 3, as you just see here, there's going to be a, a great rebellion at the time that the man of lawlessness or the Antichrist is revealed. With the man of lawlessness comes lawlessness. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, we are living in, a, in days of lawlessness. You don't even have to be a Christian, a, a student of the Bible. You don't have to know anything about theology, and you know yourself that our world right now is in really serious shape. It's, these, are, these are days of anarchy. I've never seen, every time I turn the TV on, there's some protest, some war, some anarchy happening somewhere in the world. These are the days that we live in, people. And I'm going to tell you, God foresaw this. This does not come as a surprise to God. How many know that God does not surprise ever? In fact, we know it because he, he tells us what's to come. And Jesus says, the Bible says clearly, that at the last days, there's going to be a spirit of lawlessness upon the land. He calls it the great apostasy or the great rebellion. The great rebellion, the great apostasy, the great turning away from God's law. There's going to be a great, and there is already a great rejection of God. You cannot turn the TV on without hearing some TV personality, some comedian, belittling, making fun of, Christianity, the church, the preacher. I've never seen anything like it. A total disrespect. We've got more respect for Islam and the imams than we do for, for Christ and his church. Well, folks, this is not a coincidence. This is exactly what was foretold. This is what was going to happen in the last days. A great unholiness, a great rebellion against God. Well, the very first thing that comes to my mind when I hear of unholiness is what's happening right now on the internet. I want to read to you some quick statistics. I'm going to be wrapping up in just a few minutes. Listen to this. Every second, every second, $3,075 is being spent on pornography. Every second. 28,258 internet viewers are viewing pornography at any moment, per second, every second. Every second, 372 internet users are typing adult search terms into search engines. Every 39 minutes, a new pornographic video is being made in the United States. 12% of all websites are pornographic websites. There are 4.2 million pornographic websites. And some would actually dispute that and say that it's far more than that. There are 420 million pornographic web pages, 68 million daily pornographic search engine requests. That's a, that's a full 25% of all searches. 79% of youth have unwanted exposure to pornography uh, in their home. And the largest group of viewers of internet pornography are children between the ages of 12 and 17. Folks, we, have, we are living in days of great lawlessness and unholiness. The average age of the first internet exposure to pornography is 11 years old. 
The largest consumer of internet pornography, those between the ages of 35 and 49, 15 to 17 year olds have multiple, have multiple hardcore exposures, 80% of 15 to 17 year olds. And listen to this, 90% of eight to 16 year olds have viewed pornography online. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? Never in the history of this world have we ever have we seen such unholiness, such lawlessness, such evil as we're seeing right here, right now, in this generation. And Jesus said that this is what would be to come. This is what would come. This is what the apostle said would come. Do you understand how late the hour is? College-age kids leaving the church. The Southern Baptist Convention says this: after kids go to Bible, after kids leave home and go to college, a full—you're not going to believe this—a full 88% turn away from God. After they go to college, after they leave home, a full 88% of these kids stop following Jesus. The Assemblies of God, which is our our sister organization in the states. They report, report a full 66% of kids that go to college, re, turn away from the church, and don't come back. My friends, we are really, really serious condition. But here's the thing that you need to understand, that these are the signs of the times. Jesus is coming soon. This age of lawlessness will usher in the man of lawlessness, the Antichrist. Here's what... Isaiah says, because how many know there's nothing new under the sun? Human beings have been the way they are from the day that Adam and Eve fell. God called Isaiah to speak to Israel about their sin, about their lawlessness. And this is what he's, this is going to blow you away. Isaiah 30. God says to Isaiah, now go and write down these words. Write them in a book. They will stand until the end of time as a witness. That these people are stubborn rebels who refuse to pay attention to the Lord's instructions. They tell the seers, that's the pastors, the religious leaders, the Christian leaders, they tell the Christian leaders, stop seeing visions and they tell the prophets or the pastors, don't tell us what is right. Tell us nice things. How many want to hear nice things? You don't want to hear this stuff about the end of times because, frankly, it makes you a little uncomfortable. Pastor, if you could just stick to the nice things, we'd like that. We'd appreciate it very much. In fact, Pastor, if you stick to the nice things, I might pay you a little bit more. They tell the prophets, don't, don't tell us what's right. Tell us nice things. Tell us lies. Verse 10, Isaiah 30. I'm going to tell you something right now, people. You come to this church, you're going to hear the truth. Because my agenda is not to make you feel better. My agenda is simple. And it's to tell you the truth. It's to tell you what you need to hear. It's to tell you the truth that will set you free. To tell you the truth that will prepare you for eternity. You can go to the bank on that. You know when you come here, you're going to hear what you need to hear. Don't tell us what is right. Tell us nice things. 
tell us lies. Forget all this gloom. That's what it says, verse 11. Forget all this gloom. Get off your narrow path and stop telling us about your Holy One of Israel. Does that sound at all familiar? This is the day we're living in, people. We've come to the end. And literally, it could be any day now. And so as your pastor, as the one who has to stand before God and give an account for you, I can't twist your arm. I can't make you do anything you don't want to do, obviously. But I can, I can plead with you to get your life right with God. Make sure that you're not lukewarm. Make sure that you're ready to see Jesus. Make sure you're living a holy life. Some, are, some might be tempted to say, well, isn't holiness, a, uh, isn't, that, isn't that legalism? It's not to do with legalism. It, it has everything to do with living a life in the presence of Jesus because the Bible is clear that nothing unholy, nothing dark, nothing evil, nothing vile can come into the presence of God. Make sure you're ready to see Jesus. My friends, here's what I know for sure. If your heart is right with God, if you've made your peace with God, if you've given, surrendered your life to Jesus, if you are serving God with all your heart, you have nothing to be afraid of. That's what Jesus says. And on that day when Jesus comes, you can look up and know that your redemption is drawing near. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're ready to see Christ. But the Bible calls you to be 100% committed to Jesus. Would you stand with me, please?